Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Hi church, it's my privilege to encourage us in our giving. And I'd like to do so by looking at Galatians 6 verses 9 to 10. It's when Paul writes, So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. I love what Paul is saying here. Never get tired of doing good. Never waste an opportunity to do good. As Jesus' followers, we should never get tired of doing good. Because whenever we do good, it's a clear indication of the work that Jesus is doing inside our lives. There's been no clearer example of this than in the last few weeks when some of our incredible church members decided that they won't waste an opportunity to do good. As soon as the lockdown took place, Shine and Serve the City got together and rallied around children's homes and homeless centers who were going to struggle during the lockdown for food, clothes and general supplies. But let's have a look at what the incredible result was just because Shine and Serve the City didn't waste this opportunity and never got tired of doing good. What a great story of people being the hands and feet of Jesus in our community, of never tiring to do good. Can I encourage us, church, to carry that same heart and spirit? Let's view today as an opportunity we have right now to do good by being generous with our finances. Because as you do so, it will be a clear indicator of the incredible work Jesus is doing in your life. And also, as the Shine and Serve the City teams witnessed, you'll notice God's hand of blessing as you reap a harvest in the right time. There are so many ways that you can give electronically. The banking details for both our Edenvale and Boxburg campuses will come up on the screen, as well as the QR code for SnapScan, which you can scan right now on the screen as I speak. We also have the really easy way of giving online, which you can do on our Thrive app or on our website at thrivechurch.co.za. If you're watching on our church online platform, you can click the giving tab on the right-hand corner above me, which will take you directly to our website. And if you're watching on Facebook, you can save and scan the QR code on the comment section. Let's pray as we give. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that this is another great opportunity to do good. Help us not to get tired of doing so and give us the faith to remember that we will always reap a harvest when we're generous to your purposes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, we're about to watch a life-giving message from Pastor Byron. As we do so, let's remain engaged, take notes and let's be receptive to God's word. Hi everybody and welcome to Thrive Online. Wherever you're watching today, we're so glad that you joined us and we're so glad that we can be together. Hey, have you ever been asked to do something that at first glance, when you first heard the person ask you to do it, you thought to yourself, that's absolutely impossible. I remember playing rugby as a primary school kid 
playing against one of the leading schools in the Cape province. They had a big number 14 wing. This guy was enormous. He was, it seemed like he was double our size. It felt like every time we played against him, it was David versus Goliath. Well, one rugby game, I played flank, but one, one game, our, our wing had to go off injured. He got carried off the field injured, and it fell to me to mark this guy. I remember our captain coming up to me and saying, can you move to the wing? Obviously, because of my incredible speed and agility, they asked me, so I said yes. Uh, I took it on and uh, I got to mark this guy. Well, the first tackle that I had to make, he handed me off so quickly, brushed me off so easily, I knew I was in for a rough afternoon and I was indeed. It was almost impossible to mark this guy. He was just too big, too strong, too fast. Talking about impossible, Jesus says something to us in scripture that we're going to dive into today that feels impossible to actually act out. It feels like it's impossible to actually put into practice what he says. He tells us not to worry. It seems impossible. Seems unrealistic, seems idealistic, but today we're going to learn how not to worry. So talking about worry in lockdown, where there's been a restriction on our physical freedom, it's also made me realize some of my mental and emotional restrictions too. I think physical lockdown for me has had the effect of revealing those other areas where I realize I don't have mental or emotional freedom either, never mind physical freedom. It's like lockdown has opened up a whole freedom can of worms for me. There are so many things, just apart from lockdown, that can hold us captive. And I've realized what they are in this time. They don't hold us physically captive like lockdown does, but they hold us mentally and emotionally captive. Things like habits, expectations that others have of us, traditions, painful memories, negative emotions, disappointments, despair, discouragement, guilt, addictions, debt, relationships that we can feel trapped in, shame, negative thinking. And the question facing us now more than ever is, can we live mentally and emotionally free? Can we live with mental and emotional freedom even though physically we're not that free? I believe we can. I believe we can because Jesus says we can. I believe we can because freedom is not simply about where we are, it's about how we are. It's not just about what's around us, it's what's inside of us. Speaking of what's inside of us, I want to show you the story of an incredible woman who lives in an informal settlement in the Western Cape, who despite challenging circumstances, despite what's around her, she clearly has freedom inside of her. Have a look. My name is Novula Ben. My church is Joshua Generation Danone. So I'm going to give you a tour of my house. So come and follow me. You can come in. So this basically, this is my house. And that is my kitchen over there. This is my kitchen. You can see my fridge. And this is my bedroom. So you can see I sleep there. My girl sleeps there. And then this is our lounge where we chill. As small as it is, it's actually big. I can invite people here, ladies from church, they dwell here and we, we, we worship here, we pray in this house and we have fellowship together. It's so cool. We thank God for this house. And how many people stay here? Um, that is me 
and my three daughters and my grandson. So this is so cool. Oh, a toilet, you've got a toilet here, but now for now we close this door and we're going around and use the toilet this side. The door is on the other side. And um, is there hot water here? No, we don't have hot water. We boil hot water using the kettle there or the stove. And here also, this is our bathroom. This, this is where we bath. Yeah, this. Where's your bathroom? We use this. This is our bathroom. This is our bath. You can see we take water and then we put it here and then we, we bath. And where's the shower? Uh, no, we don't shower. <laughs> <laughs> I loved watching her interact because she has such freedom, freedom inside. You know, freedom is a really important deal to God. It's a really big deal to him. God created mankind with free will. When Israel got enslaved by the Egyptians, God freed them. He brought them out of Egypt, gave them a land flowing with milk and honey. When Jesus walked the earth, he brought emotional, physical and mental freedom to people. And his work on the cross, of course, was a work to purchase us spiritual freedom so that we could be free from the effects of sin from the internal and eternal effects of sin and so that we could live in mental and emotional freedom here on earth so john 8 36 says if the sun sets you free you are truly free and god gives us freedom to respond to that work to choose our own path in life i say all of that to say this freedom is a big deal to god he doesn't want us to live enslaved to anything to guilt, to resentment, grief, or anything else. He wants us to live free. I think there's one thing that God wants us, especially at this time in our collective history, to be free from. I think there's one thing God wants us to be free from in this time, and that is worry. Corey Ten Boom, who was an incredible author and thinker, said, Worry is a cycle of inefficient thoughts whirling around a center of fear. We can and we must find freedom from worry at this time. I think that this time in our collective history presents the ideal opportunity to come face to face with our worry, to stare it in the face and to deal with it decisively. Jesus speaks about worry in Matthew 6 and he says this. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So Jesus, in some teaching genius here, he analyzes worry, and then he says there are five things we should think about when it comes to worry. Firstly, Jesus says, 
Worry is a question of value. It's a question of value. If you have a 100 Rand note, I know it's a 100 Rand note because it's got Madiba on it and it's got the number 100 on it. So immediately when I look at the notes, I know it's worth 100 Rand. Jesus says to us, when it comes to worry, the first thing we think, need to think about is it's a question of value. Do we not see our value that the birds of the air and the flowers of the field are taken care of and we are much more important than them? Therefore, would he not take care of us? First thing to think about with worry is it's a question of value. Let's remember our value. Second thing when it comes to worry that Jesus raises is the question of relationship. Here I have my wedding ring. Every time I look at this wedding ring, every time I put it on my finger, it reminds me that I'm married. It reminds me of the most important relationship in my life. The wedding ring is a symbol of relationship. Jesus says, when it comes to worry, do you not notice that I refer to your heavenly father? That means your sons and daughters. Fathers take care of their sons and daughters. Why do you worry? Because you're a son and daughter of a good father. The third thing that Jesus raises when it comes to worry is he says it's a question of usefulness. Here I have my multi-charger. This side goes into a USB port. These sides plug into either my iPhone, my Kindle or my iPad. This thing is incredibly useful to me. Every time I look at it, I remember, I notice how useful it is to me. Jesus asks us the question. He says, hey, is worry useful to you? And then he goes on to answer and says, no, of course not. It doesn't add anything to your life. It's useless. Worry is useless. Doesn't do a thing for us. The fourth thing that Jesus raises about worry, the fourth question that he raises is he says, worry is a question of faith. Here's my cross because it signifies, it's symbolic of our faith. When you see this cross, I want you to think about the fact that Jesus asks us the question, can worry do anything for your faith? In fact, an abundance of worry, lots of worry, is a sign, he says, of little faith. Lots of worry equals little faith. The fifth thing that Jesus raises for us, the fifth question he asks of us when it comes to worry he says that worry is a choice that's why he says do not worry in other words he's telling us it is an act of choice to decide to worry to signify choice i have here with me my cell phone on this phone i've got any number of different choices i can choose whether to whatsapp whether to iMessage, to do a straight text. I can choose whether I'm going to Google something, whether I'm going to YouTube something. I can choose whether I'm going to take a video or whether I'm going to hop onto social media. The minute I pick this up, I have so many choices. Jesus says, when worry hits you, you have a choice as to whether to pick it up or not. So the question for us then is how to stop worry in its tracks? Because Jesus says, don't worry. Remember, he says to us, it is a choice. To worry. So I want to know, well, how do I stop worrying? If you're like me, I can't stop the thought of worry from coming to me. But what I can do is to stop it in its tracks and to decide not to walk down the path of worry. It's the same with temptation. I can't stop the temptation 
hitting me, but I can decide whether to entertain it or not. So the question then is, how do we stop worry in its tracks? Well, Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7 gives us the key here. Paul the Apostle writes, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The key here is to pray about everything. He says, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. Well, what if praying about everything meant praying about our worry too? I'd like to suggest that we can pray about our worry using the same five things that Jesus raised about worry. So let's remind ourselves, Jesus says, firstly, worry is a question of value. So we could pray about our worry firstly by praying, Father, thank you that you remind us in this text in Matthew 6 that we are more valuable than the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. Thank you that I'm more valuable than them. Second part of the prayer could be to remind ourselves relationship-wise. It's remind ourselves about whose we are. Father, thank you that Jesus teaches us in this text that I am a son and daughter. Thank you that he reminds us that you are a father. Jesus could have chosen any way to describe you, God, but here he describes you as a father. Would you help me to remember in the times of worry that I'm related to you as a son and a daughter and you're a good father? Third part of my prayer would be that I remind myself that unlike this thing, which is incredibly useful, Worry is useless. And I can bring that to God and say, Father, in this time, in this moment, I'm going to choose not to pursue the thought of worry because I remind myself that it's useless, that it doesn't add an hour to my day. It doesn't add anything to my life. And so I'm going to remind myself of the uselessness of worry. Fourth part of my prayer is that I'm going to remind myself that I need faith. Jesus teaches that lots of worry means little faith. So Father, would you increase my faith? Would you give me more of it? The more faith I have, Lord, the less worry. And lastly, Father, would you help me in this time as worry knocks on my front door? And I choose to close the door on it. Help me to remember that it is a choice. I get to choose whether or not to entertain it. And so, as Jesus has taught us that there's these five things to think about, five questions that worry raises in our lives. A question of value, a question of relationship, a question of usefulness, a question of faith, and a question of choice. We can take that teaching and flip it into a prayer, a five-part prayer, where we say, God, thank you for my value. Thank you that I'm related to you. Thank you that I'm a son and daughter. Thank you that I can remind myself that worry is useless. Thank you that I can ask you for more faith. Thank you that you teach me, Jesus, worry is a choice. I found that prayer so, so helpful at this time when worry knocks on my door. So worry is a question of choice. We can choose it or we can choose to stop it in its tracks. And we can do so by praying instead. Philippians 4 reminds us that when we do, peace will replace worry. 
So how do we pray? Well, we pray actively into those five areas. We remind ourselves of our value to God. We remind ourselves of our relationship to Him, that He's a good Father. We remind ourselves that worry is useless. We remind ourselves that we can pray for more faith. And we remind ourselves that worry is a choice. I heard a story the other day about a lady who was carrying a heavy suitcase. She was so glad when she saw the bus stop come. She was waiting at the bus stop for it. The bus arrived, she paid the fare, stood in the aisle holding up her suitcase. Someone said to her, hey, why don't you put the suitcase on the floor? To which she replied, I'm, I'm so thankful that the bus is carrying me. I can't expect it to carry my suitcase too. Well, you know, we can put the suitcase of worry down. And one of the ways we can do this is by having a community around us that can help us to carry it. We saw this in action just this last week. A beautiful couple in our Edenvale campus welcomed their baby girl into the world. Their life group were with them each step of the way. You know, teams of people were praying for their baby girl as she needed to go into ICU for a few days. Their prayers carried this couple and their baby girl through this time. While we may be physically distant, we are not socially distant. You can sign up to be part of a virtual life group simply by WhatsApping the number on the screen now. Don't do life alone. Somebody can help you to carry the suitcase. Jesus teaches that we can put the suitcase of worry down, that anyone who follows him can do so. Those of us who follow Jesus, we can pray in the way that I've taught us today. But to those of you who don't yet follow Jesus and are wondering how you can deal with your worry, there is a next step for you to take today. It's the step of making a decision to follow Him. In order to do so, it requires us to understand just three things that Jesus said when He walked this earth. Firstly, Jesus said to us that He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through Him. Which means that if you want a friendship with God here on earth and for eternity, it starts with the person of Jesus. Each of us, we need to make a decision regarding Jesus. Secondly, Jesus said that he who believes in him has everlasting life. So our past, the choices we've made, the places we've been, the things we've done are not the most important thing in this moment. It's not about our performance. It's about what we believe. Jesus wants us to believe something very, very simple, yet profound about Him. And that is that He is the Son of God, that He lived on this planet for 33 years, and never once did He fall short of God's perfect standards, and He never once disappointed God. He was completely convinced and convicted of His purpose, and He lived His purpose. Jesus allowed himself to be brutally crucified. He died and was buried. And three days later, God raised him from the dead through the power of the Holy Spirit. Which means that when you and I start a relationship and friendship with Jesus, we identify ourselves with Jesus. We too now are called sons and daughters of God. Which means that we too are elevated from the grave. The grave of our separation from him. The grave of our worry, our doubt, our anxiety, our past, our sin. But there is a next step for you to take. So what do you need to do? Well, it's as clear and simple as this. Jesus said the third thing that he said is that he stands at the door of our hearts and knocks. And that whoever hears opens the door and invites him. And he says, I'll come in and dine with them and they with me. In other words, he'll take up residence 
in our hearts and in our lives. Which means that if you and I are open to Jesus, we can open the door of our hearts, we can invite him in, and we can begin our journey with him. If you would like to start that journey today, we'd love to help you do that. And you can do it right now in this moment by clicking on the raised hand in the bottom right hand side of your screen if you're watching on Church Online. If you click that right this moment, it'll take you to a next step that we can help you to take. For those of you who are watching on any of our other platforms, Facebook or YouTube, all you need to do if you want to make a decision to start a friendship with Jesus in this moment is simply WhatsApp the number on the screen right now. WhatsApp the words follow Jesus to that number and we'll be in touch with you. It's as simple and easy as that. As you do so, it'll be my privilege and pleasure to pray for you at this moment. Let's pray wherever you are in this moment. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you so much for your grace and your love. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to earth lived a perfect life, died in our place so that each one of us could have a friendship, an open door to the good Father in heaven who loves us. We thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank you that you took our punishment upon yourself in order to give us a fresh start. Thank you that your death and your resurrection means a clean slate for each one of us. It means forgiveness of sins. And in this moment, I simply ask you into my life. I ask you to come and take up residence in my life. I make a decision to follow you. I entrust my future here on earth and my eternal future to you. I want to learn what it means to be with you, become like you, and do what you did. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, wherever you're watching, I want you to know Thrive Church, we have a culture that no matter who's watching where, everybody in our church right now, if you made that decision, that we are cheering for you. Behind computer screens, TVs, iPads, phones, we are cheering for you. It's the very best decision you could ever, ever have made. Today, we remember, we don't need to worry. Worry can be beaten, we can be free from worry. Grace and peace to each and every one of you. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.